Blog Talk Radio. Greetings everybody, as always, we'd like to give you all a warm, warm welcome to today's show. I'm your host, First Faith, and you're live on Her Story 2. Welcome everybody, greetings to all of you. For those of you who are joining us, um, I'd like to remind you that the chat room is now open, so feel free to jump right in and chat away. I also want to remind you all that our show are available for you on iTunes. They're also available for you now on player.fm. So feel free to go back and download, download, download and listen to all of our shows anytime you want. So welcome everybody. We've missed you all. We hope you're all doing great and enjoying the weather. We know here we are enjoying the sun. We hardly get that over here in Scandinavia. So we are all we're just all smiles and having a good old time in the sun, where it's a gardening, you know, doing all that cool stuff. So, you know what? Go outside, enjoy the weather, enjoy the sun, spend time in the outdoors because especially if you don't, you know, don't usually do that, this is the perfect time to do that. And soaking that vitamin D, y'all, you know, that is also pretty good for your skin. I just saying. But don't forget to drink some water. Okay, everybody. Hey, Shaz, I see you here. How you doing? Say hello. Hey Faith. Hey Faith, how are you doing? <laughs> I could hear you were talking about the sun and vitamin D and just go ahead and just, you know, pimp up your skin, man. <laughs> I know, girl. They don't know. When I tell people who are, you know, in the US or in Kenya or in Asia when I talk to them or you know, Spain for example, you know, Brazil. They don't understand, you know, why we go crazy about the sun. You know, you wanna tell them? <laughs> Because they don't get it. They're like, why do you make such a big deal? It is a big deal. It's big. It is a big deal, especially here up north in Scandinavia, because you never get to see the sun. So basically, like last week, I was driving, and I saw this lady, like an older one. She was just standing up. Like I was like, okay, what's she doing? And it was just like she was standing, and she was closing her eyes, and she was looking up towards the sun. I was like, shit, man. You know, these Scandinavian people, they just miss the sun. <laughs> so, I mean, and lately it has and been, also you know, the mood. I'm, yeah, and the mood also changes. Have you noticed that? Everybody's mood just go, is so different. You know, the sun is really mm. magical. It's, it's magical. I mean, people are much happier. You know, they're, they're upbeat and friendlier. It, it's amazing. Hey, everybody. We see you. Welcome. Welcome, True. welcome, welcome. <clears throat> so, Shaz, what's cooking? 
Nothing much, man. I'm just, I can't wait for, you know, guest Kate to just jump in and tell us about Scientist Med. Yeah, she hasn't come in yet. I, I can't see her. I think, um, well, as we wait for her, I was just thinking we should um, catch up with you guys. Y'all can tell us which shows you've been enjoying because I know you have some questions for our Science Talk Wednesday, and um, I will have to ask uh, Penny whether she's willing to, you know, throw in those. Because we, we already have, believe it or not, y'all, we seem like we're just, you know, <laughs> you know, impromptu, you know, but we actually have planned this topic. So we have some of our topics planned out. So we'll talk to Miss Penny and ask her if she yeah, can, you and know, don't miss out Penny's show topics. on Wednesday. I know, don't miss Penny's show she, on Wednesday. She's just really going to hang out with us, man. And she has some juicy stuff. I know. From emergency <laughs> room to ER to dead people. Right? I know, right? And cadavers. And, and you know what? On, on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, this Wednesday, y'all, okay, we're going to be talking about the healer cell. It's going to be kind of like a tribute to Henrietta Lacks. If y'all don't know about her, please read about mm. her. But when you come, y'all are ready with some really good questions because she's just, um, she's a miracle worker, this Henrietta Lacks. I mean, it's just fascinating yeah. what the world, how the world has benefited from herself. And you can also go into our archives because we did our own show, Me and Shaz. It was a tribute about Henrietta Lacks, and we're talking about some of the, the, the science that, um, and medicine and, you know, like penicillin and all this stuff that has actually, you know, been discovered, invented, you know, created, or I don't know. Yeah, whatever. That's true. Based on... Yeah, yeah, by using um, Henrietta Lacks' cells, which are called the HeLa cells. So make sure to join us on Wednesdays because it's going to be a really fun show. And, um, and that's what we're going to be talking about. And I think that's about. actually Penny. Yeah. She's going to tell us all about it as well, right? Oh, yeah, she's going to be telling us about Henrietta Lacks mm. and the HeLa cells because remember we asked her whether she has used um, whether she has actually, you know, used the, the healer cells in her research. And she said, yeah, she's actually um, used the cells. So that's going to be interesting to actually hear yeah. first time from somebody who has actually worked with these immortal cells. They're immortal. They just don't die. Y'all, that's something yeah, very... Yeah, there's just really, something... Mm-hmm, that is huge. Like, her, she's basically alive. This woman is alive. She's alive and well. Because doesn't the human being begin with the cell? I know you're all about to laugh at me. You know, I'm not the scientist, but doesn't it begin with a cell? I'm not following you either, when, man, when you're talking about. When, <laughs> when, when, a child, when a child is in the womb, right, when a, a child mm-hmm. has been formed, how does it start? Oh, okay, now I got you. Okay, I see what, I see what you're coming from. You mean like when a child's going to, you know, when, when two human beings going to make a child, and then where does it end up? It's going to end up in the woman's uterus. Me. Yeah, but doesn't, but, you it, know. but doesn't it all start from a cell? Unless I'm really wrong oh, in yeah, my biology. Does, course, but yeah. I think that mm-hmm. all human life begins, it starts from one cell, right? The human body starts as one cell. You know, then you have the fertilized egg, you know, and the father's mm-hmm. sperm, you know, coming in, and then, you know, the cells begin to divide, right? And then they right, form a body, right, yeah. I think. My biology, y'all, I know y'all are laughing. 
<laughs> but I'm just trying. Maybe I'm rusty, but I remember that. Maybe I'm, I'm not phrasing it correctly. So you can imagine Henrietta Lex, if her cells have never died, if you, now you know, y'all, I'm taking this conversation somewhere else. I was just about to say, if you can fertilize her cells, you know, would that create human beings? <laughs> I wouldn't go there. <laughs> I wouldn't go there, but it's a cell and it's alive. It's up. I didn't make that up. It's in the Scientific American. There's a book out there which says they, which is called The Immortal Cells of Henrietta Lacks. And if the human body begins from one cell, what does that mean? Like, really, what does that mean, you know? Hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> I go and shout. Oh, what is, no, I was just thinking people are probably writing in, like, you know, um, what they think. But um, yeah, but but that's what we're going to talk about on Wednesday. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the Wednesday. That's Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday we're talking about that's the Wednesday. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. So we're just gonna keep Wednesday, that for yeah. Wednesday because we need to be prepared, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all need to be prepared. You know, get your questions. Y'all want us to do some shout outs while we wait. We want to give a shout out to all of our listeners in Indonesia. You know, y'all are absolutely fantastic, and we love your feedback. We love your questions. And y'all, by the way, Indonesians are really into science. I have to tell you that. You know, give it up to them. Like. Um, I have never been to Indonesia, but I have been meeting a lot of Indonesians through our show, so that's pretty cool. Don't you all, you know, love the Internet? You get to meet the coolest people and the smartest people, you know. Um, I also want to give a big shout-out to all of our listeners in the U.S. who also show us mud love, as well as our listeners in the U.K. And, of course, here, right here, hey, Penila in Denmark. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you, everybody. Um, we also want to give a big shout-out to our listeners in Italy in Canada, in Nicaragua, in Norway, and Sweden, as well as Finland. And we get mud, mud love from Russia, Rusland, y'all. So big up to all our Russian listeners. Thank you so much. Russians are also pretty, in, they're, you know, they're really into our, our Science Wednesday show, but they also like what we Can talk you believe about it, Russia? You know how big parenting. that country is? And, oh, like, yeah, I, I know it's amazing. Big. We I have so population. many huge fans there. And yeah, and Russia is huge. Mention Indonesia. Yeah. yeah, Indonesia is also pretty so huge. That's, yeah, yeah. We're probably doing yeah. something we're, good that they like to listen to us. I know, right? And and you know what? We We have also you know, mature listeners as well. You know, for a long time, Shaz, we thought that right. we, we had mostly like millennials, you know, and, you know, middle-aged, you know, mm-hmm. people. But we also have quite a few listeners who are mature, you know. So, you know, when you go upwards. So that's also an honor for us that you're talking to some of our elders. So it's an honor but for I all of you who are listening like out gen- there. But I think in general we have some, you know, we have like a good balance you know, you have like that's probably true. like you're saying, you know, so that's that's a good balance that we have and which is really good. I think that's why people, you know, like to listen to us. Yeah, I know, right? And um uh Guten Tag would have to be welcome to all our German listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We see you all. <laughs> Christina, I know we're we're waiting for our guest. Um it's, we, we were we were scheduled to show with um science writer and field museum, Kate Golombowski. Um, she's a science writer um, 
on the peer team at the Field Museum. So we're just waiting for her to join us. And as soon as she's here, of course, you know, Christina will just jump right into the shop. So in the meantime, we're catching up on, you know, you know, stuff that we don't usually get to talk about. Yeah, you know, stuff that we haven't been, you know, able yeah. to, yeah, to haven't been able to, you know, just catch up with your guys. <laughs> it's been a long time. I know, time. we're using the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bonding time. Anyway, so let's go on with that. Shadok, we have we want to also give, send out love and a big thank you to all our listeners in Ireland, as well as France and Switzerland. Wow. We also want to send mm-hmm. a big shout out to all our listeners in Hungary, in Greece, and Turkey. Okay, Turkey. Oh wow! You know, it's amazing when you see some of these countries. And um, we also want to show uh, send out a big shout out to all our listeners in Spain. And now let's take a trip down to the continent of Africa, y'all. Big shout out to all our listeners in Ghana, in Nigeria, in Namibia, in South Africa. South Africa shows us mud, 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 mud love. I have to say that. And um, they were very touched and honored that we did the, you know, the tribute to uh, Winnie um, Namzama Winnie Madikizela Mandela, who was um, the late um, wife of Nelson Mandela. They really enjoyed that as well. They thought we did it quite well. And that's an honor coming from a country who, you know, really revered this woman and really, really loved, you know, Mama Winnie. So that was, we were, we were, we were happy that we, we did not, you know, do what a lot of the media outlets did to her, which means they just butchered her legacy. You know, they called her all kinds of names, and it was really an embarrassment, you know. And these are, you know, a lot of, you know, very mainstream, large, you know, newspapers who actually really, really did not do her uh, any justice. So we are glad that we tried our best to do it in a way that was reflecting of the South African perception and, you know, what they actually saw her as, which is an honor. So thank you, South Africans, and we are honored. Um, we also want to give a big shout-out to all of our listeners in Tanzania and, of course, our listeners in Kenya, Habarigani, and our listeners in Uganda, Ethiopia, and Somalia. Big up to all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, We also want to give a big shout-out to all our listeners in Afghanistan, in Pakistan and India, as well as Bangladesh, Cambodia, Taiwan, the Philippines, and Australia. And we have some new listeners from Japan. Okay. Um, We also want to give a a big... Yeah, and finally, we're going to give a big shout-out to our listeners in Guatemala and Brazil. Big up to all of you in Brazil. We have a really cool uh, Brazilian friend. He's just super cool. He's so funny. He's so cool. And he has the most, he makes the most phenomenal cakes. (laughs) You know who I'm talking about, Shaz, right? (laughs) Big up to Brazil. Anyway, y'all. So those are the shout-outs. We absolutely appreciate you all, and thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. So as we wait for our guests, y'all can tell us what you want to do because, you know, she hasn't come yet. So we, we can just, you know, take the show away, and we can improvise. So what y'all want to talk about, is anything you want to talk about, and please, y'all, I know what y'all are going to write, but, you know, I'm just going to, well, I did ask, so just, whatever. Whatever you want to talk about, we're just going to talk about that. So let us know. What's it going to be? Are you asking me? Or are you I'm asking, asking them as well? well. They want to talk I'm about. asking you as well. Yeah, but, feel free to jump right in. You know you what? They well. want to talk I mean, about love. Well. You know, this is not something new. <laughs> they just want to talk about love. Right? They want to talk about marriage. They want to talk about marriage. They want to talk about love. And they want to talk about all that fun stuff. And um, 
Um, although Christina wants to talk about museums because she loves museums. She's really looking forward to this show. Oh. Well, Christina, um, I personally like museums. Um, Charles, do you like museums? Yeah, mm-hmm. when I was in Paris, they have some cool museums over there, man, you know. So mm. many. Um, well, there was one of them that I didn't actually go to. I mean, I, but basically, it's um, it's Louvre, but it's it's not even like only for a day. It it will take you six months to just finish the museum. <laughs> I didn't go there. I, I know, right? Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. yeah, they're quite intense. They're big. But sometimes, yeah. Do you? Th- yeah, I remember the one you you, you know you sent me the pictures of. This beautiful, I mean, you were in, you were in kind of, the, you were in the room of the medieval times, like I could see like the chandeliers, well, the art on the wall was really like maybe the 16th century. Yeah, well, that, that, was, that, that was really that was cool. The Versailles. That was the Versailles one. Whoa, that was also huge and very beautiful. It, it has like the biggest, I don't know, garden. I mean, at the end, you couldn't even walk because it was so big. So we, we just got a car, you know, those cars that we can drive. It's automatically. I should do that next time because you get to cover more ground. <laughs> because we couldn't, we couldn't. And then later on, we found my husband somewhere like at the end of the other side of the, you know, because the king, you know, he used to have his um, like summer house. But think about how it was at that time. Like it was such a huge palace. And then his summer house was actually also there, but that back, I mean, that garden is so, so big, I'm telling you, Faith, that, you know, I mean, you couldn't just walk, man. You need to have your car. And then you would go. Wow. think it was in the same area, like in the same, like, ground or, like, you know. But, yeah. But, I, uh, yeah. I mean, for those people that have been in Paris, they have seen some of the museums, and then they have seen the Versailles. Um, yeah, then they know what, what I'm talking about. Otherwise, you should really go, and you should go there if you plan a visit to Paris. But, again, Paris yeah. has a lot of places. Again, in, a lot of, in, in Germany, they have a lot of beautiful museums as well. I mean, in other countries. Yeah, Europe, Berlin you know, has, so, um, has cra- their museums. The museums in Berlin are just in saying they're really and there are sections that are closed out you know you can't touch the stuff and I'm just like really is it the real you know are these artifacts like real the real real ones because I always sometimes think that they don't have the real real artifacts there you know so I'm just like mm, are they imitations somebody told me that the Nefertiti um, artifact that is in the Berlin Museum is not the real one although you're not allowed to touch it you know, they, they protect it in a, it's in a glass. But, you know, I'm not sure about that. They were like, no, it's not the real one. The real one, they said, was in the museum in the UK. I don't know about that. Right. But that's what they told me when I was in the Berlin Museum. But it was huge as well. I think we have Kate here. Let me see. Kate, say hello. Oh, hi. Hi. Oh, welcome. <laughs> hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Apologies, I'm late. I got my time um, mixed up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. But you made it, right? So we're just going to dive here. right in. Y'all, this is Kate. Christina is going to be very happy because she was already saying, because we were asking, what do y'all want to talk about? You know, we'll just talk about, you know, we'll use the time. And she was like, no, I'm really looking forward to this, this show. <laughs> so <laughs> she'll be happy. <laughs> Like the kid, you know, he's like, no, 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 you better bring the clown, you know, you better bring the candy. We want this party, you're not changing it. No, no, <laughs> plan has to stay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, Kate is here, 
So I'll just tell you a little bit about Kate. She's a science writer on the PR team at the Field Museum. Yes, at the Field Museum. That's why we're talking about museums, you know. You know, we're just trying to, you know, share some of our experiences. But Kate is also passionate about making science accessible and engaging for everyone, regardless of their background. So that's all of us, y'all. Okay. And her work has appeared in the Atlantic, National Geographic, in the Atlantic, National Geographic, uh, Voices, and Atlas Obscura. Kate also has her own science comedy show, a scientist walks into a bar, which I think is just cool. So I hope we will have time. I don't know if we will now, but I hope we'll have time to, you know, talk a little bit about that. But, you know, Kate, now we have about, um, well, let's just make do. We, we, let's just start with, because um, we had so many questions, but um, now we have to be selective. Yeah, fun. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just take, go with the flow. What do you personally find um, most surprising or maybe exciting about your work? Because like I said, when we were corresponding, we don't usually talk to a lot of science, science writers. You know, a lot of people in STEM, in the labs, you know, scientists, you know, people in medicine, doctors, doing, you know, all that kind of stuff. But science writers, that's something that we thought this is super interesting. We want to know a little bit more about that. Sure. So um, I work as a science writer at the Field Museum in Chicago. Um, it's a natural history museum and an active research institution where um, behind the scenes there are hundreds of scientists doing research every day. And these scientists, um, when they make new discoveries, um, find out something cool about the world, um, they'll get in touch with me and I'll write up a press release and other materials to let the wider public know about it. So um, it's wonderful, really gratifying, exciting work. I get to find out about so many exciting things and work out with and, and work with so many really brilliant, passionate people. Um, now you asked about what the thing that I found most surprising about my work is. Um, mm -hmm. I guess it could be that there's often something of a disconnect between um, what the scientists that I'm working with believe the general public understanding of a topic is and what uh -huh. the general public actually does know going in that, um, you know, the scientists and I, I think we all have the same goal. We want more people to know about this amazing world we live in and to be able to explain more about the cool stuff that these scientists are doing. And so, Oftentimes when I meet with them and discuss their work or put together um, to say, okay, you know, here's what we can tell people, um, figuring out the entry point for someone who's just a member of the general public who maybe hasn't taken a science class since they were in high school, um, getting to the point with the scientists where we say, okay, you know, you have this area of expertise, you've been studying dicynodonts or meteorites or whatever you've been studying for your whole life, but we need to take it way back and remember that not everybody has that level of expertise going in. And so um, just to see, you know, where scientists will come in and say, okay, well, I mean, everybody knows what a synapsid is, right? And we'll have to say, well, no, not necessarily, but here's how we can explain it so that people will get it and will appreciate your work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and does that make it more challenging for you as a science writer compared to other writers? 
Yeah, I think Sorry. that um, – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, no, no. I think that the unique challenge of science writing, a part of what makes it a really fun and rewarding career – is having to be able, it's almost like being a translator. It's like having to be fluent in two different languages that mm-hmm. I have to have a pretty thorough scientific background in order to understand the papers that these scientists are writing, to have good conversations with them about their work and ask the sorts of right questions, but to also be able to step back and say, okay, but what about, you know, my mom, who's a smart person but hasn't taken a science class in 40 years? You know, what would she make of this research? How could I explain it in a way that would make it cool and exciting and interesting to her, even though she doesn't have a PhD in the subject? Mm. Yeah, because I was just thinking, if you're to write, you know, you're talking to, what, what kind of scientists are in, uh, you know, work at the field museum? Anthropologists? Or, uh, yeah, what, we what have kind all of scientists? Kind of scientists. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's a natural history museum. Um, we have people in the fields of zoology, botany, geology, paleontology, and anthropology. Uh, probably the lion's share of people, scientists who work at the museum, are zoologists, just because there are a lot of smaller branches within that. You know, we have people who are entomologists and ichthyologists and ornithologists and mammologists, all the ologists. Um, so, yeah, pretty you know, much some of those sort of never heard before. <laughs> sure, Me sure. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah Christina, I mean, I'm just like you. Some of the ologists, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Go on, go on, Kate. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, so let's see. Of scientific papers that I'm working on this week, there are two that are going to be published this week. One is about um, the evolution of mice on an island in the Philippines, and the other one is about a shipwreck uh, of an a, ancient a what? Chinese a shipwreck? ship. A shipwreck, yeah. Oh, absolutely. a shipwreck. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. And where, where are these going to be published? Are they, are they oh, published? Gosh, uh, the, they're going to be published uh, on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning for me here in Chicago. Um, one is in the Journal of Biogeography, and one is in, gosh, I want to say Archaeological Science Reports or some title like that. They're, I've got too many papers on the brain. I've mixed up where they're all getting published at this point. But, um, yeah, mm. they should be available uh, for people for to the read. Public. And then in addition, right, exactly. And then in addition to the papers themselves, I've been doing um, PR outreach around them. So hopefully there will be some articles in the news and blogs and various um, popular science outlets where people will be able wow. to read about them too. Yeah, because, you know, some of these, um, you know, magazines where you have the scientific papers and, you know, science, you know, articles, they have, well, what I've discovered is a really cool, cool article. They're paid articles. <laughs> it's not, I'm just saying some of them, you know, you get like the basic ones, but then when you really want to dive deep, a lot of them are paid, right? Uh, oftentimes they are. I think it depends journal to journal. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it's a matter of just hunting around online and seeing what you can find. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, just a little curious. Like, do scientists, like, have a sense of humor? Now, because I'm just, when, when I when I say that you have a comedy show and I've talked to some scientists, 
<laughs> Sometimes they're funny, but it's like they're they're like uh, they don't intend to be funny, you know. They're just funny, like they just say in a way. <laughs> it's like you laugh sure, at sure. that are trying to be funny, you know. But you have a comedy yeah. show, and I don't know whether you do it with a group of scientists or whether it's like a stand-up comedy. I have I have to be honest, I haven't watched it, but I thought you should know a lot about science and comedy. Um, and what is that like? How does it work? <laughs> Uh, so the show that I run is called A Scientist Walks Into a Bar. It's held at a um, fairly popular um, music venue and bar in Chicago called The Hideout. And the way it works is once a month I uh, host kind of a talk show almost with one of the Field Museum scientists and, uh, mm. in front of a live audience. And we talk about the work that they do. I usually make some little jokes about it. Um, but usually the scientists themselves have a pretty great sense of humor, too. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of go through uh, the scientists' work and discuss things that people might have questions about. Um, so, for instance, we had one recently where we were talking about um, one of our scientists works in the museum's DNA lab, um, Erica Zomley. And so... I talked with Erica about her work in the lab, and then we also talked about how that relates to, you know, the 23andMe DNA tests that you can do these days where you can find out your own uh, genetic heritage. So we talked about the science behind that and things like that. And uh, I'm not sure if you've got these uh, out in Europe. Here in the States, we have a number of really trashy daytime TV shows where people are like doing paternity tests and things like that, trying to find out who their baby's father is. Actually, we don't have many of those. <laughs> yeah, but we've seen the shows online. <laughs> we're like, you probably wow. saw our crummy shows. So yeah, like Maury Povich and things like that. Um, yeah, so the science of how you actually can with the DNA sample determine, you know, who someone's dad is. Our scientists do it uh, not to determine, you know, the sordid lives of random people, but instead they're using that same sort of uh, biological concept to figure out population biology for birds and sharks. So it's really cool. And, and, it's really, and, they, uh, and, and it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, go on. Go, no, 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 go on. Oh, no. I was just saying it's cool. So <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, and this might be a question you'd be like, really, fight, But I'm just going to go ahead and ask because then I, y'all, you know, feel free to throw your questions. Um, you know, they always show, like, you know, oh, it's just a simple thing, like, just swab the saliva in your mouth, put it in a little, you know, container, little thing, and then it goes to the lab and, you know, they can tell all, you know, they can find out everything about you in terms of your DNA, your history, your lineage, all that good stuff, right? Right, right. Isn't that yes. simple? It is fascinating. Is that enough? I mean, is Just that, a flap in the sorry. inside of your mouth is enough? Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. Sorry, I didn't hear your question. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, with just a very small uh, sample of genetic material, um, geneticists can really piece together a lot of um, – person's genome can find out a lot about a person's genetic and biological history it's really amazing so what about kissing how does that work is that also like dna swapping what about sorry say again what about kissing what about kissing because if that is it just takes a swab in the mouth right 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if you kiss someone, then yeah, you probably. Have, mm-hmm. I mean, especially if it's like a. I don't know. Here in America, we call that French kissing, which I guess is maybe um, <laughs> maybe a racist term. Open mouth kissing. Um, <laughs> what do you guys call it? We, we call, call, call it French, French kissing. kissing. <laughs> Those French. We call it French I've, kissing as well. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. My, my undergrad degrees in French. I wish the French nothing but goodwill. Um, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, with that kind of saliva exchange, there is a potentiality for bits of D. De- I mean, if you, you know, <laughs> uh, this is, I've never really thought about this, but I suppose that if you were French kissing somebody and then someone were immediately afterward to swab the inside of your mouth and do a DNA test, they could possibly find some markers from the other person. Mm-hmm. So you know, but I, also, I mean, that, now that's now we, now getting, yeah. Now it's getting very interesting. So if you kiss somebody today, right, and you you had a really sure phenomenal French kiss, and you did the DNA swap, <laughs> <laughs> what would be the ask? Would there have to, would there be traces of some foreign DNA? I think that that's. I mean, I'm guessing that. Like, if you were 100% full-blooded Danish and you kissed someone whose DNA, they were 100% full-blooded Japanese, I don't think that the results would come back and say, your heritage is half Danish and half Japanese. I think they'd come back and say, yeah, this sample was a little messed up. Seems like you got more than one person's DNA in there. Um, Interesting, y'all. Christina. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, bear in mind, I'm not a geneticist, so for, for, you know, with this program, um, these are the kinds of questions that members of the audience could ask, and then a person who's actually a real scientist, unlike me, could answer them. Yeah, but you know, like, like, like you were saying, like, you, you do the translation, right? And we are, we are exactly. aware that you're not telling us 100%. She's, she's interpreting, she interprets the data and the information to make it understandable to the the masses. So we're just asking questions because she's been in the lab and she's maybe she's seen sure, some of the sure, same sure. how it works. So we're just having fun with it. It's fun. Oh, no, no, our, 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 our audience who works on the PR team at the field, I feel like I should know I'm not really a scientist. And if you want to know for sure, contact one of the many wonderful scientists at the Field Museum or another scientific institution of your choosing. To be honest, I don't think they really care. Our audience just loves to talk about love, <laughs> marriage, and, and dating. And they just want to know if they can date more freely without swapping their DNA. I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. Just having fun. <laughs> you know what, um, um, Kate, what is the coolest project you've ever worked on? Because, you know, when I think of the museum and, you know, all these movies and night in the museum and we tend to think like, sure. well, you know, don't show us everything that really goes on in the museum. And you have all these locked rooms that nobody gets to enter. Some floors have the red tape. And we're like, hmm, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's, Let's see. In terms of... Yeah. Um, in terms of the coolest behind-the-scenes areas I've gotten to go to, uh, one of my favorites has got to be for an article I wrote for um, the website Atlas Obscura a couple years back. Um, I wrote about kind of hidden in one of the break rooms at the museum behind the locked door, there is an ancient Egyptian chapel. Um, it was brought over from ancient Egypt close to 100 years ago, early in the museum's history. 
And it used to be part of one of our ancient Egypt exhibitions. And then years later, when they were remodeling and changing the exhibit around, uh, that exhibit or that um, the chapel just kind of got walled off and isn't part of the rest of the exhibit. And so now, um, yeah, you go to this one break room in the museum and there's a water cooler and there's a microwave. And if you have a special key, you can open up a tiny little room that has carvings and hieroglyphs on the walls. It's incredible and just not the sort of thing you would expect to see there. So that um, working on that story, um, you know, writing about that chapel and getting to explore it was definitely really cool. Um, Wow. Yeah, that must have been cool. Amazing. And then there are lots of other really cool behind-the-scenes spots in the museum that I've gotten to visit. Um, We have a flesh-eating beetle colony. That's pretty amazing. Um, So you know how birds will often um, fly into skyscrapers, like when buildings still have their Mm -hmm. lights on at night? And so Mm -hmm. when that happens to birds, if the birds die, they're brought to the museum, and our scientists can add Mm -hmm. them to our collections and study them and try to learn from the birds so their deaths weren't totally in vain, I guess. And so we have um, scientists and volunteers who get the birds ready for scientists to study them. And part of doing that involves removing all the birds' feathers by hand and then feeding the birds' carcasses to this colony of flesh-eating beetles that picks away all the Uh meat and just leaves the bones so the scientists can study it. And the flesh-eating beetle colony is a weird room. Um, you walk in, it's this tiny little space. It's full of aquariums, like fish tanks, that are just full mm-hmm. of flesh-eating beetles and the carcasses that they're wow. cleaning. It smells terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lean in mm-hmm. close, you can hear them chewing a little bit. It's super gross. It's super Ooh. gross. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's just a week. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's like... You know, this weird, <laughs> creepy place so that is cool. key to the science okay. that we do. I'm yeah, because, right. I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. the weird place I've gotten to go. Wow. That is so cool. Okay. And have, do, have, do they shoot movies in the museum as well? Because, you know, you have, when you walk in, I've been to the film museum, I think in, in oh, D.C. Wonderful. or something. When you walk in, you have all these, like, dinosaurs, and it just looks like such a nice place to shoot a movie. You know, you can have so many beautiful settings for, you know, whether it's romance, whether it's a history movie, you know, you have nice places sure. where you could have some cool movies. Just ask us. Yeah, we sometimes have a shot here. I think more than anything else, though, what gets used, um, if you've ever been to the Field Museum or seen pictures, the outside of the building is this um, kind of Greek style. It, lo- it looks like an ancient Greek temple, sort of, with columns and everything. Yeah, the columns. And mm-hmm. often, yeah. Right, right. And so oftentimes if there are, there's this whole slew of TV shows set in Chicago um, about like fire departments and police and things like that. So um, these shows, Which like show Chicago PD, the Chica- the uh, I, there's one called Chicago Fire. I think there's one called Chicago PD. There's a whole bunch of shows about Chicago municipal jobs. And, um, okay, okay, cool. They'll okay. often be filming outside the field museum because the exterior of it looks like it could be like a courthouse or something like that. So it'll be city hall on the show or whatever. So we sometimes mm-hmm. show up there. Mm. Yeah, Jurassic Park, no. 
no shots from in Jurassic Park. The no, Knights no, of Benizion. So no. no, no, not so much yeah. with those. Yeah, it seems like, like Indiana Jones. Reason, the outside something? of the building is what people tend to be after. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Shaz, I think, said Indiana Jones. <laughs> I think she said Indiana <laughs> yeah, Jones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. Kate, we have like about um, three minutes left on the show. Um, is there anything you want to tell us, you know, if somebody's interested in, you know, pursuing a career in the field of, you know, of the, you know the, the science field and becoming a science writer, what can they do? What shouldn't they do? And um, anything you want to tell us about the field museum, fun stuff, cool stuff, takeaways, anything. We'll let you have the last word. Sure. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Let's see. Um, The Field Museum is just an incredible place. I absolutely love working here. And if any of your listeners are ever in Chicago, um, come on down. It's really just the most amazing experience in the world. Um, And as for science writing in particular, um, advice I'd give, I think that probably one of the key fundamentals to being a good writer is to be a good reader. So if you can make it a habit of reading as much high-quality science journalism as you can to get a sense of what makes for good science writing, um, that can be really helpful. So I know here in the States, um, some of my favorite outlets are um, the New York Times has a great science section, um, Scientific American, uh, Atlas Obscura, The Atlantic, all post lots of really robust and interesting scientific content. Um, There's some great writers that I'd recommend. Um, Ed Young is incredible. He's really funny and interesting and makes science just really exciting, as does uh, Mary Roach. So, yeah, if you want to get into the world of science writing, I would start by just reading everything you can get your hands on. Awesome. You want to leave us with one joke? (laughs) (laughs) We can take it out on a happy note. A science happy note. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead, Kate. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking to the hallway. I just had a crew of people wander through. What did you ask me? I'm Uh, so sorry. No, that's okay. I just take it away with a science joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, to end with a science joke? Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you get? Anything. This isn't the kind of, I should preface. This is uh, not the kind of joke I tell in my program. They're way funnier. But uh, and off the top of my head, uh, what happens if you cross? Oh, I can't even remember my joke now. It's about <laughs> what do you cross if you, what if you, what do you get? if you cross a panda and a ghost. <laughs> okay. Damn okay. And, and I realize this might not translate. In English, you know, when we talk about ghosts, ghosts say boo. What do they say in Danish? If you ghosts are talking about, what? like, ghosts. So, you know, like, oh, ghosts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, what, what do ghosts say in Danish? Like in English, they say "boo." Oh. <laughs> so anyway, so that that was my joke that only works if you know what ghosts say in English. <laughs> but um, trust me, I just think it's, it's so so funny. funny. If you're an American, it's really not that funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, in, it is. Me. Me, everything is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank you, Kate. It's been a pleasure and an honor. It's, it's been really fun having you. I wish we had longer, yeah. much more time. No, I wish I had read questions. the email you sent me properly. I thought you said that we were in CT, which is central time, which is my time zone. So I was like, oh, yeah, oh, 9 p.m. And I looked at oh. you and I was like, C-E-T, oh, no. So thank you so much <laughs> for uh, no worries. my American no worries. foolishness. Oh, no, no, no. All right. No, we good. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic <laughs> you so rest of your day. We know it's about 3 p.m. in the U.S. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> you know what we ask you all to go? We ask you all to go do something funny, do something special, but change the world for the better. Okay? Change the world. So go yeah. on, everybody. That was Kate Golombuski, and she's a science writer and peer at the, on the peer team at the Field Museum. So check out her work, and remember to, you know, go and have some fun at the scientist walks into a bird comedy show at the hideout, I think. Um, and That's right. And you can find her information on Facebook, I think. Okay, and Film Museum information is on Twitter. That's how we got into contact with them. So, y'all, have some fun. Enjoy the rest of your day. Change the world. All right. Thank you.